New Orleans is like, I live in New Orleans and it's like usually a really hopping city. It's like a small, it's like a big, small town or a small city or whatever, but there's always something going on. And with this quarantine, oh my, it's just destroyed it. It's destroyed it. Like, yeah. like where, what, where's the cult, when the culture comes back, you know, like what's it going to be? No, but everybody's like, I don't even know what the fuck's going to happen. You know, like bars opened up here for a week back in like early September and they closed them immediately because there was a spike in COVID or whatever. And so everybody got excited and me and all my friends planned all these events and now they're all just canceled or postponed. And it's just like, it, oh, infinite, it's infinite limbo, man. That's just like how I feel like with this post left shit, you know, we were talking about how that feels like a sort of political limbo. And then you have like a cultural and social limbo because of this, this COVID thing. Uh, well, yeah. yeah. I mean, like New York is like, uh, you know, we're open, you know, we're drinking outside, but there's now they're trying to do the open carry thing like New Orleans here where uh, right. you can just open, I mean, open container shit. That's very different. York to open carry, that'd be tight. If there's any one thing that will make music shows better, it's just straight up open <laughs> carry. <laughs> make, sure you don't do, make sure you don't do both, you know, just do hey, one. Man, dude, Dimebag Daryl might have still been here. Had it been for that. <laughs> I was about to say, if New York, if New York is going to have open container and open carry and oh, yeah. just, like getting drunk and having gun battles in the street for fun, I'd probably move back. I mean, I can't lie. Yeah, it's like gangs of New York it. style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I would like put on some armor and go out there. CRK is just build a butcher, just throwing cleavers <laughs> into people's backs. <laughs> <laughs> He's throwing cleavers into like Radlib's back. <laughs> it's like, oh, where? <laughs> you, you, Mick, fuck. So I'm at Slaboy T. Alright, this is uh, shit spouter 37. This is black.com pills. This is the Fed Post. Slav, CRK, and gotcha. What's up, K-Stepdad? Yeah, it's, it's funny to like put personalities behind these like anonymous icons that I see. Right. It's just funny. Like you just always, I just never even imagined that there's a person behind them. I mean, I know there is, but it's just also abstract. It's one of the best parts of the pod is like getting oh, to yeah. see like the first impression and like the big reveal kind right. of. It's like, oh, is this person like they portray online? Is this person else like actually batshit crazy like pig? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so, hearing people's actual voices is is very weird like i don't i don't know i think it makes people seem more fallible if that makes any sense like there's so much definitely. less distance definitely and so it's, yeah it's more vulnerable for sure because we don't have like the um you can't just have like these very like cryptic ironic right ways of communicating like right. like we usually have like i have like older sort of radical friends you know like in the labor labor movement or whatever and they're like what's with these fucking kids and their fucking podcasts and I'm like man podcasts are just like the new pamphlets but they're even better because it puts a, a human face on it and right you know, and everybody like if you're a writer you kind of hide behind your your pro style but yeah. you can't really do that when you're talking and and you know and like you talked about amy like listening to her specifically and like 
like you see her shit online and she's like so boisterous and hyperbolic and just like ballsy as fuck and then you listen to her and she's like this little girl who's like really like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. you're like oh my god I, that's what that's what's badass is like you got you like you got the ideas but you're like unsure of them a little bit and that's when i trust you know i kind of trust people right. who are like willing to say this insane shit that's like counterintuitive and contrarian or whatever but then when you hear their voice you're like oh like you're a human being you know you're not you're not doing this just for clout you're like doubting yourself as you're saying it and those are the people yeah yeah Yeah, at least they're like thinking through it as opposed to pretending that they they know everything all forever exactly right right got all the answers but you don't right (laughs) it keeps putting up like some nightmare shit from instagram that shit's wild all these like zoomers uh just like posting you know quick like snappy infographics of like why racism is bad or why body yeah. shaming going to the gym is fascism type type shit like mm. just flooding the chat just like showing us what kind of nightmare shit is there i'm not on instagram anymore so like i had to get off instagram bro that shit is nightmare. my brain poison <laughs> yeah i mean the I, only the only reason like i ever even like had a fucking instagram in the first place was just music and like there's mm. not even no one's even fucking gigging anymore and it's, it's like yeah, it's, yeah. everything yeah, it's going so it's just been overtaken no i know well and then well but like even then like i'll like go on to instagram and now it's just like a bunch of fucking musicians that are all just like posting stupid ass black lives matter shit and it's just right. a night- it's just a nightmare like like right. outside of that it's just kind of proving like it's like this is kind of a horrible platform unless you're using it for like kind of a specific yeah, yeah i, mean, I was on it for women and you know it just got oversaturated <laughs> Yeah, Twitter. Yeah, saturated, so I just had to leave. Instagram is like pretty much for women and gays, and Twitter is for like straight dudes. And so, so like the straight dude part of me is like on Twitter, and then the gay part of me is on Instagram. Wait, wait, there's there's two wolves within every man. Basically, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Twitter and the Instagram. I contain multitudes. I hope you do too. You know, the thing about the thing about I'm only on Instagram because I paint and I sell paintings, and it's great because I used to work in the art world, and I don't have to hang out with those fucking assholes anymore. I could just like. You know, post some paintings on Instagram and then some fucking homo and some other, you know, state is like, oh, I want this painting. And then I, you know, send it to him. That's it. But yeah, I can't imagine like being on Instagram and like posting stories. What, what, what what stories do you, who gives a fuck about your story? I don't give a fuck about anybody's story. Do that blackout shit for BLM. And like, yeah, a lot of musicians, (laughs) like a lot of them just feel like this pressure where it's like, you know, the white sounds. They use your platform. Hey, you're making hip hop music. And you're not talking about Black Lives Matter, you know, whether you're black or you're white, doubly if you're white. But it's like you got to say something and it's just like, you know, lift your fist up or something. It's like that's pretty much it. You know, that's pretty much the pressure. It's so dumb. It's so dumb. Dumb. Dude, honestly, like every musician I know is just a fucking idiot. Anyway, like me and like I say that as someone like, I mean, I, you know, I I play music, but like musicians are fucking stupid and you should (laughs) never value the things they say. Yeah, no, never, never. Like, there's the thing. I, I, I make music too. Like, I, I like make weird like gay techno and shit. And like, the more I'm into, Dude, that's the best kind of techno. Yeah, yeah, that's the only kind of techno. I didn't know there was it's another like, kind. Yeah, yeah, it's just like it's like dark and dirty and stinky and shit. You know, that's the kind Leather of techno. Tight. Exactly. So when I'm really into making music, I don't even think about politics. Like it's like way off, way off. But then the opposite happens whenever I get on Twitter, which unfortunately I've been on there like way too much the past week. And then you just kind of the music just goes by the wayside. No, yeah, I, I used to be around like like a lot of the rap scene, like music scene in Brooklyn. And like, yeah, it's it's really true. Like these these people are not 
you shouldn't pry too much. There's not much to, to pick their brains in terms of like uh, much things of, of the world. You know what I mean? Like they, they've, you know, they've tapped into a good part of, of their souls and, and humanity. And, you know, that's what they do is what they do. But like politics or, or anything deeper than that, like, I, I don't know, the conversation is usually like an inch deep. You know what I mean? Yeah. You try to like make your art about a politics, like some sort of political issue. It like most of the time, nine times out of ten, it's gonna cheapen that, and like it's gonna oh, come yeah. off just like pressy yeah. and really cheesy. Absolutely. It's Absolutely. kind of like it's kind of like what I was saying, dude. Punk fucking sucks balls. Punk yeah. official <laughs> Fed Post stands. So punk rock is a pile of dog shit music genre. Dude, the so that. Yeah, it's so shitty. And I grew up in punk bands, like you know, when Ab- I was seventeen. Absolutely. That was what I did. Yeah, and so I know from experience, these people are fucking idiots. They're lost. Like they all they- fucking suck. Playing a fucking uh, playing bills uh, for fucking bands like that. They're all shit people is a shit genre well yeah a lot of it is <laughs> punk a punk is like you know a lot of it is aesthetic shit and punk is like super aesthetic and like associated with like anarchities yeah exactly yeah, 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 yeah. And like you know in the rap world too like hip-hop world too like all these worlds like if you if you you know a lot of them are in it to be cool you know the music is, is part of it but like <laughs> a lot of them picked up the music to be cool or to be mm-hmm. in a scene or to be famous and mm-hmm. a lot of that being famous means you have to be woke and you have to be a right. hard so that's all right. like it comes secondary like they're doing they're saying the libtard shit the woke shit but only because they're like well i have to say this shit you can tell yeah. they don't really care either way right, right. Like the aesthetic thing <laughs> that's why i just play jazz with no lyrics oh hell yeah, yeah. Oh hell yeah! yeah. Oh, yeah, jazz yeah. is raw shit. Yeah, it's raw. No, again, official Fed Post stance: a- very anti-punk, punk, very yeah. pro-jazz. Yes. Absolutely, very yes. pro-jazz. Yes. Absolutely, yes. facts. Only, only like music that was like pioneered by black people that white people stole. That's all I give a shit about. Like, <laughs> like that's it. You know, like, I, I just want to keep stealing black people's music. That's all I give a fuck about. So you mean all music, pretty much? I was, I was just gonna, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was about to say like all oh, blues and funk and then i was like oh wait <laughs> oh, no, and rock. western music <laughs> right just just everything like yeah, yeah. noise music noise music is that's that's y'all you guys have that that's that's you guys yeah that's, that's sh- yeah, yeah. yeah actually to, to be fair to be fair like i gotta death. own that one i gotta own that one i've, <laughs> I've, I've been a noise musician i can't lie i've been a noise <laughs> death grips is the first example of a black person appropriating white music <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He owned that shit. Oh my god, he owned it. He owned it. That's a fact. So I guess we could just we'll just start with the current event thing with the the uh, Michigan governor kidnapped, plotted. Yeah, it was plotted by some. Yeah, yeah, it didn't happen, and they neutralized the threat or whatever the feds called it. And it was it was because you know it was some MAGA people, and she's like a you know typical lib Democrat governor. Right. But uh, turns out that one of them is anti-Trump. They're just anarchists, and the other one hates Trump. So it's it's gonna you know discombobulate. Yeah, it turns out they're just like you know. They don't have a coherent ideology, I guess, like most of America, I guess. But uh, yeah, are they young? Are they like like twenties? Are they like grown ass men doing this it shit? It looked like the dude who hated Trump looked like some punk rock dude. He looked like oh. a typical punk rock type of guy who like yeah, he's like, low thirties. Like, maybe just hate call Trump a tyrant, and yeah, they look like yeah, low thirty, yeah, something like that. Yeah, looked like they were too old to do that shit. Yeah, 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 totally. yeah. most of these people are. <laughs> but you know who? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, who knows what, uh, you know, drove them to that mind state. Um, but that's the other thing, yeah, that we should talk about is that I guess AOC's response was tweeting out that, like, they should start uh, tracking them and considering, you know, designating terrorists. It's sort of the, the flip coin, uh, the, uh, the other side of the coin to the whole, you know, Antifa being designated as terrorists, them being tracked. Um, right. So, yeah, this, this that's basically then that sparked the whole discourse of. Well, you know, if they were MAGA and they come from a poor area, somebody was showing like the house they grew up in or whatever. And it's like they come from a poor area. Wouldn't that have something to do with them being radicalized this way? Wouldn't that have something to do with it? And then this whole fucking <laughs> discourse of like, well, does it make it wrong? Does it make it right? Or are they still bad? Blah, blah, blah. You know, the typical shit. We've already done this before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Someone some have people thought... arguing like, oh, no, they're not poor. That's a nice house. And like, right, no, right. poor people, don't. it doesn't make you radicalized. Because like, what about all the poor people that aren't Trump supporters? And right, like, right, exactly. Typical what shit. What are you right. talking about? Typical shit. I mean, they, they never they never talk about like the power of like the media and and like the ambient discourse on these fucking people. They always only it's weird because they never want to talk about class or like economic brackets and shit until somebody wants to kidnap the fucking governor of Michigan. You know, why, why is that? Why do they keep going back to this? Like, oh, are racists just racist because they're poor or are racists just racist because they were born racist? You know, like they can never. And to me, that seems like a sort of like a mystification thing, you know, that they're just trying to that's it's not really the point. Of course, they're going to be racist to make 200 grand a year. Of course, there's going to be racist to make fucking 15 grand a year, you know, like and I don't I don't I don't understand why they have to frame it that way. Like they just have to sort of blame it on something. Do you know what I mean? As opposed to just saying like, like, I mean, I'm get from what you told me about the, the people who wanted to kidnap the governor or whatever, like they, they hated, they hated the situation we were in period. Exactly. Right. I, well, yeah, I, I think that, I think that it's still, I mean, I think that it's still important to like, to, to point out that like historically, like poverty is, is like a, a drive. I mean, just generally like the material circumstances are behind Absolutely. what we're seeing, um, especially just in the fact that like race, Racism now is like a way of of basically like robbing someone of their humanhood in the political realm. So you just like right. accuse them of that. And then they're like, all right, like now their ass is showing everyone just fucking just drill them. And like, you know, I, I think I think that like, yeah, I mean, po- pointing out the connection between like poverty and racism seems like like a really important project in my mind. Oh, well, ab- ab- scenario. Absolutely, absolutely. But what I'm saying is they're doing it in a very confused way. It seems like it, I, I just always get the feeling like, OK, so you see these tweets. And, and shit where they're like look at this trump supporters shitty fucking house with all the trash in the yard you know and, oh, and, they're, right, right, right. and they're like they're like oh they're just like a bunch of poor uneducated hicks that's why they're racist and then like you'll like uh, two tweets down is another tweet that's like oh trump supporters like all have like five boats in a fucking mcmansion you know so right it's just like they're they contradicting themselves right like I well, think on, honestly like that shit like like <laughs> they're like they literally liberals literally just make fun of people for being poor yeah, yeah, yeah like they, straight up hate poor people yeah, yeah like they're just perverts yeah absolutely so like when i think that they're they're like are are white nationalists white nationalists because they're poor or are they like ideological do they have these like sort of like organized ideological networks that are, are coherent you know and, like, i think they try to make that argument so they can flip it around and say oh well they're poor because they're bad people and they're uh have these white supremacist notions and ideas and like they're reactionary people so like you know they're just stupid and poor like exactly. i think that they try to draw that parallel right and i i sort of i really hate arguments from experience but one reason i've always been 
sort of uh, disgusted by like anti-racism and this shit's been around for like a long time you know it's just like blowing up now and everybody knows about it but it's been around for a while is that Mm -hmm. like these people these this like white working class that are being posited as now not dying from disease you know not dying from deaths of despair but rather dying from you know deaths of wasted opportunity where they didn't use their privilege they didn't learn to code or go to school you know they just like hung out in trailers and did meth or whatever like those are my fucking people like those are the people that raised me, you know, and and they I watched them die deaths of despair. And exactly, you know, like they were, you know, like they're fucking poor, I, even though they'd work, you know, they would work 40 hours a week for, for fucking six months and then just realize that they were getting nowhere. So they would quit their jobs. And I'm talking about like my dads and my uncles and shit. And none of them were racist. In fact, they were like insanely anti-racist like if anybody if any of my friends came over the house and like said the n-word they literally get slapped you know like this is a thing but then you know like in the trailer uh, on the other side of the trailer park there was a different dynamic the poor people like there they cultivated their racism because it was something that they could hold on to it was something that made sense of the world so i just feel like like it's it's kind of like looking in the wrong place to come up with an economic answer for racism and and as 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 a like class first stressorist or whatever I should have this line of thinking where, of course, if you're poor, it's going to make you racist. But I don't really think that's always the case. It's so much more complicated than that. It has to do with with so many other lines of inquiry as far as like the, the media these people are exposed to, the, the, the milieus totally. that they hang out in, you know. But I think a lot of it has to do with being like a being like the don downtrodden masses, like you're poor, you're alienated and you're looking for something. Right. So like you get to a point where you need some sort of sense of either collectivism, something to cling to or someone to blame for what your situation is in. Right. And Absolutely. you can either be sold on something that is more uh correct maybe more like you know actually right and materially based as far as like oh well fucking you over and you can be like oh yeah actually cool i'm gonna be like a class first or guy like and I'm, or maybe i'm just black pilled in general on like all of life and like shit's really bad now and like now i'm just doomed or you can be someone who's like oh i'm gonna find community through the church or whatever it is you know or some mm-hmm. people find it through like some way to blame someone else for the a lot that they're in right so then comes along like oh these immigrants are taking our jobs or whatever uh and there's also the fact that like when you get into places like you know high poverty areas or whenever you're stuck in a cycle of poverty for generations you are in more morally questionable situations um more often as far as for survival or for just brush up with people who are um you know on a hard time and they might need to want to you know turn one over on you to get something so they can eat or you know buy drugs whatever it is um but you are closer in proximity to that type of um desperation almost and so it also brings up a way to justify any type of more amoral actions that may have to come up in those situations due to scarcity and lack of access to resources or fulfilling life or whatever because you can say oh well actually i'm racist and these black people aren't real so like i can just be like they're not real people and i don't have to feel bad about doing whatever fucked up shit i might do uh yeah to make my lot a little better yeah, to, to respond to what you were saying, it's like, I think the, the reason why nobody in my family was racist is because it's it's about proximity. It's like when you grow up poor as shit 
in the South and you're white, you're going to live like, you know, cheek by jowl with fucking poor black people. And so it's like, yep. you know what I mean? It's, and it, it's, it's so weird to me because like my whole life I've sort of lived like that minus, you know, like a few years here and there of living in white neighborhoods around, you know, depending on what kind of job I was working or whatever. But so I've experienced like living in neighborhoods that were mixed because everybody was poor together and living in like white neighborhoods. And that the, the, the white liberals, like this is something that I just can't understand that isn't common knowledge now is that white liberals are infinitely more racist than like poor white trash. Facts. As a, as a whole. Absolutely. You know, Facts. Whole. And it's more sinister. Facts. Uh, and, like poor, poor white trash is going to throw the N word around <laughs> constantly. And they're going to, they're going to be like bitching <laughs> about the certain cultural things that black people do. But then at the end of the day, they're going to fucking like get their fucking black neighbors back in a way that a white liberal who lives in fucking, I don't know, fucking St. Paul, Minnesota or whatever would ever do ever, ever, ever. Right. Do. Right. Well, I was literally don't have just any black neighbors. Yeah. Either. Well, they don't have any black neighbors in like St. Paul, Minnesota. Like if it's a rich liberal, like, you know, yeah. That's why they have white fragility, you know, like what I mean, white fragility to me just means like you don't know any fucking black people. And if you don't know any black people, you've been living your life wrong because isn't the whole point of like life to, to <laughs> sort of like have as many friends and, and acquaintances in different groups as possible. It's just like, it just blows my mind that people want to sequester themselves in these little like enclaves, you know, yeah. it's so weird. <laughs> Yeah, I was just talking with uh, some family about, like, you know, that whole thing of, like, I'd rather someone be outwardly racist than uh, sneakily racist, you know? That's why I don't like censorship. That's why I don't like deplatforming. And that's why I know what you're right. saying, the white liberals are worse. Because they'll they'll yeah. they'll do, you know, the New York schools are more segregated than uh, Southern schools. So these people, uh, yeah. they find a way to do the same thing worse but dress it up nicer with better etiquette with with more polite words ac academic terms they find ways to dress it up better but they're doing effectively worse shit than the person who's just you know says the n-word and can't really right. think can't really play 40 chess beyond that you know what i mean like that's way uh better and in a way less racist because it's it's, it's less impact as far as like racism the, being a power dynamic thing that these rattlers always talk about this way less exactly just somebody that's just saying some shit than somebody thing. who's like yeah yeah if you want to talk about racism as institutional power who's got the power not these people not that hick some white trash motherfucker <laughs> in some trailer he doesn't have fucking power so what yeah, are we talking about exactly right yeah. well like <clears throat> like his his like what you, his what you're considering like racism is just is just like him not being <laughs> able to like fit into polite society without committing faux pas Yes. And so, and so, like, and so, really, like, this is just like the herd. Of, it's just the herd just going out of their way to punish people for being like basically maladjusted for fitting in, which right. is like just the most fucking normal thing ever. And just kind of like, um, I mean, not to say that it isn't like, um, like totally sinister and like cynical and all that. Um, but like, if with that in mind, it just like it, it's it's sold as just being so like morally superior when really it's just like no like like the guy the guy who you know works at a gas station and like throws n-bombs doesn't like doesn't actually like 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 that's that's it he says the word right yeah yeah, yeah. he says the word he's not like he's not like the fucking guy working at fucking you know high up at chase bank who's like targeting the fucking people that that word describes like speaking for, of for that loans and shit 
Right. Yeah, right. you exactly. saw that new right. article exactly. where they're yeah. going to be doing a bunch of like three hundred billion dollars or three hundred trillion dollars worth of uh, like low interest rent loans to uh, minority uh, <coughs> persons in America. Like that was something that I think is J.P. Morgan. Uh, just in the past right. couple of days, they're going to. It's a three hundred trillion. Three. I think it's three hundred billion actually. Oh, okay, okay, okay. okay. How old Some, are they? That sounds. That sounds super woke, man. That's great. That's great that they're doing that. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, Subprime yeah. mortgages in uh, yeah. 2008 high well, housing yeah. crisis again, but just like making it woke and for minorities only. This is the way. 10 years. Oh, no, no. I was just saying like, this is the way I try to untether people from like the id poll shit. It's like Obama's done more damage to black people than, uh, you know, that racist motherfucker that lives down the block. From, you absolutely, know what I mean? Absolutely. Obama has systemically kept up this shit that fucking ruins the lives of everyday black people. He's done nothing for them. So yeah. if you if you want to talk about who's who's, you know, the idea that he's a black president, so he's on black people's side is insane. He's not on yeah. the, their side. He's on the elite side because that's where that's what really matters. That's the identity that really matters to them. So yeah, it's like, you absolutely. know, yeah. <laughs> hilarious because you know you know you saw those uh like liberal signs that are outside outside of the white house that are like vote biden but they have like philando uh castile and like they have uh eric garner and that type of name on them and it's like you look at eric garner is on there and it's like vote and you're like okay so who am i supposed to vote for eric garner died in 2014 (laughs) who was president then uh obama who's vice president joe fucking biden who's running right now like who's gonna vote who would i vote for in that scenario uh trump because he had nothing to fucking do with it like what yeah. it's it, their brains are just like mush brain. Mush, mush. But here's, based, here's, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna vote for Eric Garner. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I can't understand the whole Trump is racist thing. Like like in, it seems like anybody who's lived life for a while and been around could look at Trump and be like, he's too dumb and unprincipled to be a racist. He is a pure opportunist. The only reason why he is just like the only reason why he's doing these anti-immigration things and like fomenting hatred against like MS-13 immigrants and shit is because he just wants to be liked by the, as many people as possible. You know, like I just don't understand how you can say that Trump is racist. It just makes I mean, when, when you look back and like Clinton and Biden and, you know, Hillary, they're like infinitely more racist than Trump. It just it blows my mind that people are just starting off on this like baseline assumption that Trump is like a classical white supremacist oh, right. who thinks that white people are better than black people. I just I can't get that from him at all. Well, Hillary had slaves. They, they, she literally right. write, literally writes about having fucking prison labor, free black she prison labor. Slaves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like little, little slaves. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I think he is racist. I just don't think it doesn't matter. I think I think everybody's racist. I think that's a a, a stupid a, a stupid metric to to measure people on. Right, you know right. what I mean? I mean, there's points yeah. where it, it crosses over the line. But again, if we're talking about power, right, it's not some black magic of, you know, some the N word whispered in the forest where no one can hear it is like cutting, you know, killing black people around the world. Like it's not some black magic like power. Right. If that's it's what you want to talk about, institutional power, yeah. then you're talking about capitalism. You're not talking about this black magic, you know, made up up divisive bullshit around like you know racism you know what i mean so i mean it's just the way it is like yeah i i think i think he's racist sure but i mean i just don't think it matters i don't think it matters and i think you know I think everybody's racist. I'm racist. Everybody's yeah, racist. So like, the stupid oh, thing yeah, yeah, is yeah, set up of to just screw over people at the bottom anyways. So. He's racist in the same baseline way everybody is racist, where they just get irritated with maybe certain ethnic groups or some shit. But he's not like he's not like trying to make policy that fucks over certain people. He's making policy that fucks over like immigrants because you know he's he's catering to his base. You know, he's trying to keep the 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 poor the low wage earners in his base. He's trying to protect them. You know, I think all like, you need to I be 
Yeah, all you need to be to be racist is to have uh, generalized thinking, which everybody does. Everybody uses generalized thinking. You use heuristics to navigate the world. So, I mean, as soon as you're doing yeah. that, you already have, you know, the implicit biases test. I always tell people, Radlers, mm-hmm. about this, like, they test you with a negative word, a positive word. Everybody has fucking implicit biases that are based on the conditioning that they've got in the media that are race, that are conventionally colloquially racist. So, you know, I mean, everybody's it's, it's a stupid thing. It's all it's a pointless thing. That's, that's all. I mean, that's all I'm saying is like, I think it's like a, a dumb thing to fret over. You should just talk about the power. Right. That's that's what we should be talking about. Right. Absolutely. Right. It's like like the, the rad lib logic of race discourse feels more to me like like astrology or like mysticism, like you said. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's more like what it is. It's just like they're like, well, you say this, but I think you're really saying this or like what's behind you or like you know, right. you're constantly suspecting or, or guessing about people's motives. And that's right. just like so bullshit. when like, you know, the, the whole point is, to, you know, like you said, look at the power structures and Radley brain just can't handle that because if they looked at the power structures, they, it would implicate them and all this shit. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. That's what they can't handle. They can't take that. They have to put it on an other, which, and the other is always like some dipshit white motherfucker who lives in Wyoming who has three boats. Those are the people they have to put it on as opposed to themselves. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I don't know if you guys talked about this, but the whole, like this whole discussion of like them being poor and like you know the the plot to capture the governor or whatever like you know I, all i did was like i posted that old bernie video of like the economic anxiety thing because it's it's so strange that all these rad libs and these bernie people are like cheering on bernie and like he's literally the guy who said these people who support maga are underclass and they have economic motivations and that these things and i've been saying this for a long time and like most people already know this shit it's like the, the root of like uh you know 1930s germany like getting hit by the treaty of versailles and, and the economic punishment that led to the you know led the groundwork for radicalization for nazism like economic things are correlated with radicalization so you yeah. know you if, if people are hungry they're going to become more tribal and they're going to become more uh, uh bigoted or or base their their sense of the, the world their worldview or, or uh power or who's fucking mm-hmm. them based around race and tribes yeah so, I mean, it's yeah, just only, the, you know, that's just what happens. So, I mean, you know, he's the one who said that. So he's like, you know, if you really want to stop it, you got to you got to address that. But, you know, I don't know. I guess they all forgot that shit or they didn't believe it when he said it. I don't know. But, you know, it seems like most of the left doesn't believe that shit. And they're there again, you know, every couple months, this type of story is going to this, this type of debate is going to come back. And they don't really believe that shit. They just believe it's some black magic. And these people are, you know, uh, evil white trash. And that's just it. That's the end of the story right, right. there. And they're irredeemable. And so their politics, you know, are not to be applied in any way. They're never to be applied because no. you're inherently writing off most of the underclass, at least in this country. Yeah. Around okay, the world, too. Did you just say under, underclass, man? Did you <laughs> not know that that's an <laughs> obfuscatory term that's like been derived just by Michael Lind? <laughs> <laughs> Michael, who the fuck? What the who the fuck is that? I don't know what the fuck that yeah, is. You're you're a suspicious actor, CRK. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they, they just look at like uh, here's this thing I get from like all the Dems and like AOC and all the anarchoids and like anarchists and shit that I know and like the DSA motherfuckers that I know. It's like they they think of like white supremacy and racism as just like you know how like Victorians or whatever thought of this concept of like the ether. You know, that is just like the the water that we're swimming in, just like this like sort of universal field, you know, like the Higgs field or something. But but they think of like the white supremacist field where it's just like this, it's like racist white supremacist field that permeates America. And some people tap into it 
and fall prey to it because they're stupid and uneducated or poor or just assholes. And then other people are resisting it heroically. You know, that like that's that's the general idea I get from from like Rad Libs and like Anarchoids, how they how they think of racism. It's like it's just this this thing that exists and you either fall prey to it or you heroically resist it. And that that is truly disgusting to me because it's like they're almost like making racism like one of the laws of physics or something. Do you know what I mean? It just it just feels wrong on, right. on every in every way in every way to conceive racism because racism is just racism just arises from social relations that are brought on by capitalist exploitation. That's it. There's there's nothing else to talk about in my mind. You know, but they have to they have to like mythologize racism, and that's the kind of like what, what critical race theory does is just like makes makes right, race, right. like the racism this like monolith that you have to endlessly interpret for the entirety of your life. When it's it's like a it's like a thing on it unto itself with its own qualities and everything, right? right? Like it's like yeah, it's the right. it's the color out of space. Like it's exactly. like it, it yeah. fucking landed on everybody knows <laughs> racism know. landed on Earth a thousand years ago and. <laughs> It's, it's basically a miasma that's just been passing over us ever since. For real, for real. Um, yeah, it doesn't really make any more. I, I, and like, and like, to the extent that there is like gooiness and complication, like, like in life, um, I think that like just the way you described it of, of just you know capitalist relations, pretty pretty quick, pretty 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 to the point. I think that functionally for dealing with these issues. Um, framing it in a way that maybe is overly simplistic, I think is pretty necessary when it comes to like quantifiable goals or just like things for us to actually do about it. Right. Uh, Donald Trump. I mean, the racist shit Donald Trump has, has done was, you know, discriminating against people when he was, you know, in, in, in New York doing real estate. Right. Yeah. Um, that's, a lot more meaningful than saying i mean to be completely honest like the the big thing people will say is just the whole like um like oh he he like courts racist sentiment in voters and everything and like i really think that one of the big disconnects there is just that like people just need to be more like machiavellian a little bit in their analysis Mm -hmm. in just that like um yeah like there are like a lot of people that have uh from like what i would say like backwards views on race to like full on incredibly racist views that are just like in a lot of like the uh, uh, the pools of support that you need when you're I mean, maybe this is an unpopular opinion, but like the pools of support you need uh, if you're running on the Republican Party in, in a lot of places is going to include not alienating people by holding them to the fucking standards that like woke schools on the internet um demand and everything and i I, I, like and and like i guess like that straight up is like someone may like accuse me of of just saying like you know it's not a big deal for trump to 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 like court the vote of like outright racists and like i basically (laughs) am saying that because it's not a matter of like if it's okay or if you're a political actor then like you want to get power you do the thing that's going to get you the votes and you're going to get you support base like right it's just a logical fucking thing to do exactly if you're a a politician and you're acting on like how things ought to be then like you're actually probably not like doing your job to like the full extent you could be for your constituents and so like and so like yes like you literally fucking they're cynical 
that's what they do. What the fuck are you talking about? Like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm harping on a on a weird point. Well, look, point I, I, th- it, no, but... I, I think I think there's a way to get these people without uh, virtue signaling or pandering as far as no, they, you yeah, know. And I'm if, if he was going up there and like Sieg Heiling and everything, like, yeah, no, obviously that is bad, right? No, no, no. I'm, like, I'm, I'm thinking for, for having for for having like for for basically really having mainly like the problem of just like having pretty pretty profound insensitivity towards towards like issues of race and everything like that like yeah no like he just doesn't give a fuck because he's running on like the you know his immigration platform or shit like that or it's just it's it's less about actually being outright racist in measurable ways no i think uh, right. i take your point right. it's strategic. Yeah. Well, the way I see it is exactly. that like, they're like Trump. Okay, the, the rad libs hate Trump, and the rad libs rib the libs, the anarchoids. They hate Trump because what he did was, in my mind, he okay, he courted his racist base. Okay, we can put like quotes around that. He courted courted his racist base, but really, what he did, if you take a broader picture, is that he humanized these people that have been branded as racist by libs. He made them feel like they were human again because, you know, like for eight years of Obama, like the rhetoric was constantly like deplorables. Yeah, you're a deplorable. You're just a piece of shit. If if you if you say the n word and you haven't got an n word pass, you're a total piece of shit. No, he he fucking. It's like he the, the the thing that he actually is guilty of is just like talking to fucking voters as voters and not as people with the soul virus. And like exactly. and just and just being like and just being like whether you acknowledge if even if you look at at it as them like having a soul virus or of them just like not fitting in like civilized society like what he's doing is just rational and, and like and so to, to yeah so, sorry no, sorry. I didn't no, mean I mean, you off. no yeah i mean it's, it's strategic all i'm saying is that there's a way to be strategic without doing the id poll right yeah pandering in my right. mind but there, yeah, yeah, i have yeah. heard a lot of libs say i've heard a lot of libs say you know and oh what was pritchard and all these fucking libs they they all say the same thing where it's like uh oh these people chose uh racism over their own economic benefit like they'd rather yeah. be impoverished racism they'd over rather, class interest right. right right they'd prefer you know you tell them oh you could get free health care and they're like well I, I don't want it if these n-words can get it too you know like right. they 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 frame it in that way and obviously i think that's bullshit i think that's just like a whole lot of you know neolib uh, why are you hitting yourself while well, they they punch you with your own hand you know what i mean a lot of like oh we're offering you like a action of a benefit why won't you take it? And it's like, because it's nothing. And then it's just being like, oh, well, you're not doing what's in your own best interest. Like the whole typical living thing. That's the way I view it. But what do you, what do you guys make of that like argument in general? What just it just like the dressed up like you're just voting against your interests? <laughs> well, that that yeah. yeah, I mean that's that's the bigger thing of it, I guess. Just like as if people specifically as if these, the idea that well, just specifically people idea don't that, know what they need, you know, yeah, like yeah, like yeah, yeah. Or just so fucking condescending. Yeah, or just specifically that like you 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 will. Uh, destroy your life and your own community if it means you can be racist to somebody. Like that's all you're possessed by is just some evil black magic. You know the color of your face. Like you I just, don't buy that. That's it. Yeah, no, of course, yeah, no, yeah. no. I don't think no. any of us buy it. What? How do you? Um, I, I, I'm trying to think of like effective ways to nip it. You know, uh, as an argument. You know, I mean, honestly, more people, than I, I couldn't think of a quick way. Maybe this isn't like a very good like. A way to like invalidate it but like that just sounds like the exact thing that like somebody says if they just like want to try to win points with the inner like the the online left that like needs some kind of like rational argument against racism and you can kind of like sound like you're kind of like in both camps like you're just above it all like i'm not moralizing i'm just like pointing out that like you could you could have gone with class consciousness
this and you went with the other thing and like right right right, yeah, so, right. so functionally i'm going to dehumanize you in any case but fuck <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, 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 you yeah, asked yeah, for yeah. it you asked for it yeah yeah i want you to know that i had an intellectual argument against for for why i'm gonna fucking hang you um, well there's this like weird inbuilt thing in american in like the the dichotomy we get between like right and left you know Dem- democrat and republican in america where it's like 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 democrats are always going to say if poor people mm-hmm. vote for republicans they're voting against their interests and that's just like sealed in you know like Absolutely. that's just like Absolutely. every time that happens mm-hmm. they're going to say that but trump like if if i remember correctly he he campaigned and won on the opposite he's you know he said all this bullshit that of course he was ill-equipped to ever implement like you know bringing back manufacturing jobs you know he was he was like appealing to like this sort of like you know young boomer mindset of like well we we want to go back to job we want to go back to a job in a factory where we make 30 bucks an hour and we don't have to worry about anything you know so like why were they saying that they were voting against their interests when trump was saying he was going to do all this shit that clinton never ever really said that she, you know all clinton was said was you're racist you know she told she told middle america you're racist trump said i'm going to give you a nice like fucking job putting cars together you know so like how can they say that they were voting against their interests when they voted against what they what they heard what they, no, they never heard they never voted against their interests i mean they did the trade deals and they fucked over their lives they fucked over their communities so they voted against that that's not against Right. Their own interest. Yeah. They've yeah. their own interest. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just this whole, I guess the right frames it like, oh, you know, or, or people frame it, they're not going to support Medicare for all these universal economic programs because they'll be like, well, it's going to disproportionately advantage the, the minorities and the illegals, you know, and yeah. the quality is going yeah, to go yeah. down. So that's the, that's Which the fear real. they tap into. Yeah. Yeah. It's a real yeah. thing. And I think the left plays into it uh, by deciding, all right, well, we're going to give health care. We're going to target illegal immigrants before making it a universal thing. And I think a lot of that is just because it's cheaper. And it's just a strategic yeah. thing of like, well, it's cheaper to hit this smaller group and we get to get points for being woke. But at the same time, it's not universal. It's not actually doing the real thing. And, you know, and then sort of, you know, feeding into that narrative of like, oh, these these leftists, they want to take all my shit and give it to these other people and not to me. Right. So why would I yeah. why would I be down for these economic programs? I think that's right. sort of like the dynamic at play. I don't know what you guys think of all that, but I think that like inherently this discussion, like leftists to have the discussion of like, oh, poor people are voting quote against their class interest and that like voting some other way for Democrats is quote unquote in someone else's class interest. If you're an underclass working class for any of these bourgeois politicians, you're voting for Republican GOP senator or a fucking Democrat, you're voting inherently against your own class interest, like just yeah. in itself. No, we know, so we know it's bullshit. This, right? It's just a pointless conversation to have. Like I, I, I get, I get your concern, and you have your points really great on it, and like I agree with that. But I feel like for that to be something that takes up, like coming from leftists, being like, oh, well, like these people are voting against their class interest. That's just like we shouldn't even have to engage with an argument like that. That's just retarded. No, well they'll say yeah. they'll say like, why don't you take this trade deal? This trade deal is going to help America, and it's going to trickle down to you. You don't take it because you're voting against your own interests. That's the neo-lib like base like retarded ass you know argument. But there's yeah. also the the further argument, the left argument, which is like Medicare for all things that are universally good that a lot of the underclass have grown skeptical about that they shouldn't be skeptical about because of, you know, there's a multitude of factors to that, whether, you know, the left watered it down and fucked it up or the DNC fucked it up or, you know, the right suspicious fucked it actors. Up. Sure. For sure. Yeah. But I mean, either way, like, (laughs) yeah, yeah. I'm just saying like things that are less obvious, you know, there's obvious things where it's like, all right, they're telling you this is your interest and it's clearly not. We all know this. But then there's things where it actually is in their interest and they seem to be more cautious about it. And 
I think there there is something there to be discussed of like there there is some sign of of the underclass like rejecting a lot of these things because they're tied to the word socialism and that they they end up getting tied to like oh well it's helping these out groups over me i'm just saying that the whole oh you're being racist instead of in your own interest in certain economic based things there is some credence to that but i I don't think it's because these people are voting against their own interests i think it's because i don't think it's because they're choosing racism over their own interests i think it's because a bunch of people are twisting what the fuck they get out of it or if if it was clear like you get out of it a lot of people don't know how to people don't know how to like fully pursue their own interests too sometimes so like they go after the best option if someone's offering you like something that might give you a fucking factory job but then someone's also offering you like you might possibly get healthcare if we can pass it through the senate but also you have to deal with all this weird cultural shit that you like don't feel good about you're obviously not going to go with that because it comes with all this additional shit that they tack on there right that goes against what you're like what you're culturally programmed to believe and go for like even like you said with the socialism thing people like turning it down because of the association with the word. I mean, you think about the public education system and even private education system in America, you learn like communism bad, communism bad, socialism bad, like your whole fucking life. So, I mean, you have, there's years and years of indoctrination and like neoliberal hegemony and capitalist hegemony and thought you have to work through to even get to a point of thinking specifically about like, oh yeah, I could vote for socialism and it's not some evil boogeyman. Like, so there's so much shit that people are so culturally just like completely caught in their own bubbles that they are unable to even see past some of that sometimes. So it's not even like a lot of people aren't even in contact with what is truly going to be their own interest just what's on their own interest in the surface level yeah that's a great point because there's there's a lot of extra shit tacked on that turns people off and they're like what the fuck is all this other shit if you if it were more just raw skeletal like this is what you're getting it might hit uh uh, it might be more popular but there's always some extra shit tied to it and i think that's like the trump stimulus bill where it's like they're like oh you're voting you're you're trump's against your you know you voted for trump and he's against your own interest he's not helping you He's not passing the stimulus, but then he's like, I'll do this without the pork. I'll do it with just a stimulus check, like just the raw check. And people want that check. They don't want all this other extra pork spending to these states and the bailouts and they don't to these blue states. They don't know what the fuck is going to. They find out it goes to some defense contracts a year later. You know what I mean? Like they don't want that. They just want the fucking money in their pocket. So that that right. that I that fits into that where it's just like just make it simple. Make it simple. Make it don't don't add this. They add all this extra shit and then that's why people don't want to pass vote for bills and they say like I would but it had all this crazy shit in it that I don't want and people don't want. So I think that's a good point to the to the whole thing. And that 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 like that leads exactly to to my impression of canvassing like a dumbass for Bernie really fucking hard. Like me and my boy like canvass like fucking slaves for fucking Bernie in Mississippi and Texas in rural Louisiana and like and the, when you go canvas for I've never done this before when you go canvas for somebody you have an app and it tells you you only go to houses that are you know registered Democrats but I was just like fuck it I'm just gonna talk to everybody about Bernie you know so we're like walking around in like like busted ass ghettos in Houston and like rural Louisiana and Mississippi and I'm just talking to everybody about Bernie you know we're like hanging out in corner stores and I'm just like talking to people about Bernie and everybody was into it everybody was into it and and like but whenever you like I would randomly talk to like some white Trump supporters and I'm like why do you hate Bernie like what what is the deal like why won't you why don't you like Bernie and they all I mean literally I probably talked to a hundred different like white trash meth face fucking trump flag flying in the front yard trump supporters who were like 
I respect Bernie. I love Bernie. I think that it's great that he's trying to do this Medicare for all thing because it's straight into the point. But I don't like all this other shit. Like they, they immediately associated him with the left and they associated that with like 43 different genders. But then as far as like the specifically yep. the, the, the meat of the, the, the policies that would uh, that would be in their interests, like Medicare for all, they all had this like attitude kind of defeatist. Like and this is one, one thing they kept saying over and over again. America is just too big. There are too many special interests. It'll never happen. I wish it could. I would love to have health care because, you know, I make too much money to get Medicaid, but, you know, I, I can right. I can't afford health care. So they, right. they got they, they got the idea. But in their minds, it's just like the political system is too broken for something like that to ever happen. And, and yep. the feeling you get is that they, they're just like already resigned to being left behind for the rest of their lives. Yep. And that's that's really. Yeah, that's a really interesting thing to talk about, because like my brother has moved to DSA and he had camp this phone camp, phone banked in Iowa. And, you know, oh. all the time they were saying, I like what he says. I don't trust him to get it done. And at the time right. I was like, he will get it done. Right. Which was stupid and naive because now I know he yeah. wouldn't have. But they knew exactly. what this I didn't know. Bernie I was what I was in. Den- yeah, yeah. They, they knew what I was in denial of. But was the obvious truth that Tr- Trump pointed out in 2016. He endorsed Hillary. He's one. Of, he gave the donations and all that shit to the DNC. He's one of them. He's not going to do it. And yeah. their skepticism of him not doing it is very well founded. And they were right yeah. about that. And we were wrong as, yeah. as far as I, well, I was wrong as far as telling them, like, no, he will. He will do it. So, I mean, that's the thing is like, yeah. you know, that's that's a big that's a big thing. Where like they they're open to it. They want it. But you, you need to um, I don't know. It's, it's the other thing. I mean, we're going to talk about the DSA stuff later. But like, uh, oh. yeah, this like black pilling on economics that, you know, those people you're talking about, um, yeah. you know, that, that you're talking to. And a lot of people in the DSA, too, they're just like, oh, well, we're not going to get this stuff. We're not going to get this. Like there's this whole resignation on a lot of this stuff. And mm-hmm. that resignation does 80 percent of the work well yes that's what any type of reformism democratic socialism bernie that's why any type of democratic socialist project and a bernie type of project is ultimately going to be a betrayal for the working class because it's not going to provide what it needs to do it's not revolutionary enough in theory to provide what needs to do to provide the proper winnings for the working class alienate the working class further black pill the working class on any type of left project at all especially any material left project because these people who are already blackpilled, I was already one of them. I decided, oh, maybe I'll get more into politics because like now it's in my life. I need healthcare. I'm going to campaign for Bernie, even though I know he's not going to be able to do it. And Bernie right. at the end of the day doesn't do it, ends up selling out to the fucking Dems. Like we, everyone who was underclass and was already concerned about it right. knew he was going to do. And it further pushes right. away along in a way the idea of any type of material left project that cares about the working right. class. And it's just going to right. push people further to the right and further away from from any type of like material project for the working class. It's like, to me, that's why I think Bernie, I mean, DSA shit, I'm pretty anti any DSA, like democratic socialism in general as an idea. And also movement as a whole, if you just look at it on a material level of analysis, you can see like the left diaspora that's occurred after his movement. And like, you, it's hard not to think that Bernie indirectly or not just in any material left project ever happening in the future or at least yeah. attempted to yep. it's so fucked up it's so sad yep. it's so sad like I, I knew i i never had any illusions that bernie would be able to get through like medicare for all in his first term or whatever or even second term like i never i never thought that would happen but what i thought was important was that america would be able to witness this fight like america would be able to see what happened when somebody was trying to truly help them and then see the you know it would sort of like it would sort of like red pill them on the forces that are against 
politicians that are trying to look out for their direct material interests. It, you know, that was it. That was the only reason why I thought Bernie was important. You know, and plus like yeah. all the shit, like, you know, he's, he's like, he has principles. He stands behind what he says for so long. He's obviously not a fucking phony. Like those things were important. But you're right. Like he has just sort of like fucked over any chances of, of people trusting a materialist reformist democratic socialist politician because he was such a fucking pussy in the end nobody's gonna trust that shit for the rest of their lives probably yeah exactly yeah yeah it's it's done you know you know in you know incalculable damage in the long run like what you're saying seawage like you know and this is the thing like i think 80 percent and after he lost this this is something that occurred to me and watching all the burners just like take the black pill and all that and like you know a lot of underclass people too i'm sure just was like yeah of course whatever like but this is the thing i think people taking the black pill on, on economic change is 80 percent of the battle for the elite right if they can just get people to black pill on it and give up on it that 80 yeah. percent of the work for them that's why you know as much as people say i'm like nihilistic or, or whatever or whatever i'm not yet i'm not completely yet because as long as people still seek that out it's not it's not over yet you know in my mind mm-hmm. so so you know they giving up on it is 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 doing most of the work for them that's my that's yeah, my mentality on absolutely. it so you can't oh, give up yet because yeah yeah i'm just saying i'm just saying like the dsa what I, what I think it, what i think is going to happen is like not so like i don't think we're going to have politicians who are coming forward in the next decade or so who are saying look we're going to do these things for you we're going to do medicare for all or like the education the free higher education shit i think what's going to happen is people are going to start demanding that of their elected officials until they finally, you know what I'm like, it's like kind of a backward thing. Like, so like the Bernie, the Bernie failure, I think was as good as it was bad, because I feel like, like, we're not going to have a politician for a long time who's going to try to appeal to the direct material interest of the working class. What we're going to have is because of the way this worked is like slowly a working class is a little bit more awake to the fact that they can call bullshit when politicians don't do that. Does that make sense? You know, and it, it might not manifest itself, but at least it's it's going to be, uh, it's hard to explain. Like, I, it, I think, you know, do you know what I'm saying? I think it did a lot of, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I think it did, I think Bernie did a lot of more blackpilling than eye-opening. I don't know, there's no way for me to confirm this, but I think he did yeah. a lot more blackpilling than eye-opening because he, you know, he was already sort of a, a midway step. You know, what's that What's that joke yeah. that all the, the lefts were saying were like, oh, he's the compromise candidate because we want fucking guillotines. You know what I mean? Like everybody yeah, yeah. kind of knew that he was already sort of just kind of like asking for the basics. He wasn't even asking for that much. And like, right. you know, as far as regardless of all the people saying, like, oh, it's radical, it's radical, whatever. Like, I think most people knew like, yo, this isn't that that much. You know what I mean? And even that getting stomped yeah. out and snuffed out was just like was blackpilling. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't. Yeah, I think I think it's a big when he, when he lost and everybody was like blackpilled fuck out I, I just felt like it was a big fucking psyop i mean it's probably not that deliberately coordinated but like they they, they gained a lot by people just checking out i mean look he moved towards the libs in 2020 compared to 2016 way more yes. id pull way more Russian shit infiltrated more, his per project yeah and way more for their own means and purposes all that shit yeah it's what's always gonna happen with democratic like a, socialism they are yeah, I mean, in nature yeah i mean if he stuck to tw- the 2016 messaging a little bit more stricter and just stuck to the you know the class-based thing a little bit more tighter who knows maybe he would have had a better shot this time with better name recognition but he clearly was adopting a lot of dnc talking points and you know cozying up to them and he clearly betrayed everybody by endorsing hillary if he had not endorsed her and sort of stuck to his guns a little bit harder you know this i don't think that it's impossible that he might have won i really don't you know what i mean like but but again like i 
Yeah, I agree. I feel like, I agree. yeah, he came towards the middle. So it wasn't a real thing is what I'm saying. Like, we need a real thing. We need something that's not compromising at all. And that sticks to just the economic things that are popular, cuts the fat, none of this extra bullshit, none of this extra fucking wokery and DNC lib bullshit, none of that. Just straight right. raw shit. And I think it will yes. be popular on its own. And you have to show people that you're serious. You can't be fucking waffling around. You have to show people you have intent and conviction. And that's why I'm not blackpilled on it, because we haven't had that yet. And if somebody can do that on that level, I think there is I think that that alone is is something worth uh, it's, it's worth what it is. You know what I mean? That's why yeah. I, I don't I don't believe in like this blackpilling thing. I, I really don't like people just being like, well, it's hopeless. It's over. Like a lot of these leftists, a lot of these rap. Oh, that are, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, they're yeah. just like, oh, it's all over. It was always we were never going to win. It's hopeless. We're never going to get any of this. I really hate that shit. I really do. No, I agree. I agree. I mean, I said, that me, earlier, I said that earlier where like, I don't think we'll get like another Bernie type figure in our lifetimes. But what I'm what I think is like we'll get. So Bernie to me represented sort of like the death of this sort of like nebulous kind of like East Coast leftism, you know, like, you know, like, uh, like, uh, you know, like he's a, is a New York Jew leftist from Queens. That's a that's a, like a, a legit sort of cultural political category that America has in its DNA that Trump sort of, I mean, I'm sorry, that Bernie sort of represented, you know, but, but he wasn't tough enough. He was, he was just, he was kind of a pansy, you know, because he was, he's sort of like half, half a hardline Marxist and half a bleeding heart liberal. And that was the problem. And that's why people ultimately didn't respect him. You know, like when he endorsed Hillary, even though he said he would, people lost respect. When he let the ID poll fucking staffers sort of infect his campaign in 2020, people lost respect. When he, when he, when he endorsed Biden, you know, which I kind of respected that he endorsed Biden because he said he was going to fucking do it. But still, people lost respect for him. And the next person we're going to get is going to be like really fucking tough, you know, kind of like a, a Trump of the left who is just like, fuck the bullshit. This is it. I mean, that's what Bernie, that's what, that's what we had convinced ourselves Bernie was. That's where my like only like kind of glimpse of optimism in this like kind of just like horrible diaspora is, is the fact that it kind of was the final blow of like a black pill for the working class on that type of strain of leftism of like that DSA, more reformism, traditional leftists in like American politics. That's like Democrat aligned leftists. And so that we'll have more people that are like us saying these ideas that, hey, we need a material project, something that's coming out of our brains, right? Obviously, that's something that is an idea that's going to live on that is people are just needing it because material circumstances necessitate a change. And so I think that it is a good sign because there's precedent for this type of thing in the past. For instance, like in Russia, uh, the social revolutionaries or socialist revolutionary party, they were kind of like your democratic socialist of today, right? They were yeah. uh, still aligned with the bourgeois class of Russia. And at the end of the day, they would be opportunists and speak on socialist lines, but they would still uh, balk at any type of revolutionary measure that would actually change how production is laid out. And so when they finally, and like, I'm not even sure when, but like the 1917, I think they decided to side with uh, the bourgeois in going to imperialistic war. That was kind of like the last straw for the working class supporting them at all. And that's kind of what gave rise to support for a more material leftist revolutionary party there. Obviously, we have completely different material circumstances, uh, but it's a similar precedent there. Right. Well, 
since we wanted to talk about the post left and we've been talking about Bernie, like it's, I, it kind of blew my mind a couple of weeks ago when I was listening to whatever that what's left podcast. And I had never thought of it this way because I was so deep into, I was blue pilled into the fucking Bernie campaign for so long that like, Amy Therese or Angela Nagel or whoever was like saying, oh, uh, Medicare for all was just a way for these like downwardly mobile PMC bohemians to get their Medicaid, their, their health care covered while they write their little articles for fucking Substack or Jacobin or whatever. Because they're, they're about to turn uh, 27. Exactly. Yeah, yeah they're, they're about to be. They're about to be on their own. They're gonna. They're about to be in the wilderness. So they want Bernie to like give them like you know an outpost of free healthcare. Yeah, and I had never. <laughs> yeah, I had never conceived of it that way. And that, and that's why like during during the you know the lead up to Bernie, you know, I'm on Twitter and I see who is this guy, this like dude, the like metal looking dude who like wrote a book about Medicare for all and was like constantly talking. And I was just like, why is why is Medicare for all like this hip thing? Like why are they right. like? Why are they making it like this sort of like hip young person thing when I'm like the people that I know need healthcare haven't reached Medicaid age. They're in their fifties and they're broke and they live in my fucking neighborhood. I talk to them all the time. These are the people who need healthcare. So like, why is healthcare being pushed as this like hip, cool thing? You know? And I'm like, Oh, that's just like the segment of the branding I'm getting. There's another segment of the branding that is branding Medicare for all toward like it's desired target, which is like people in their fifties who are too poor for healthcare or whatever, you know? And, but I'm, I'm still sort of torn on that. Like it's sort of, it's, sort of rocked my whole world because I'm just like, is that what happened? Is that is that why we got Medicare for all as the the sort of like the totem of the Bernie campaign? Because these these downwardly mobile PMCs and they're like late twenties, early thirties wanted healthcare. Like what do you guys think about that? Like I'm still sort of torn on that because I think that's a big deal. We've talked like, about on the pod on the pod before about how maybe Medicare for all wasn't a widely universal enough pitch. Um, yeah, because right. for instance, like if you don't have a house and you don't have a job and you don't have food, you're more concerned about that than you are about your Medicare um, or right. your medic medical right. care. And so I think that's almost intentional in a way. Any type of liberal reform, um, you can look at it back like a parallel that's in uh, like the feminist movement, right? So bourgeois feminism that took off in like the mid-century, mid-20th century for uh, for not only voting rights like early in the 1900s, but later on for abortion rights and stuff. But the way that they marketed the abortion rights was right to be able to plan a family so you can start your career and you don't have to put your career on hold and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So it's all yeah. stuff that's coming from the middle class, coming from these bourgeois, right, right. like, you know, PMCs, yeah. you can call them now or whatever, but these liberal led right. reforms that are targeted from these people for these people. And then they get mad at, oh, well, there's not enough support for Medicare for all from the poor people. We're not getting enough of them to come out to vote. Well, you market it in a way that's not going to even be need. You're, you're, you're looking at what's your most possible or your most immediate concern with this issue. And you're not framing it for people who are actually underclass and actually working class people. Right. And today where it's like, oh, maybe there's not enough support for Medicare for all. Well, it's like, no, everyone wants Medicare for all, right? Like I would yeah. imagine everyone wants, maybe not Medicare for all, but everyone wants health care, right? So yeah. especially underclass people that don't have it, but like they might not go to the polls just for Medicare for all because that's not even something that's really on their radar. Like it's an afterthought yeah. for people. Right. Yeah. The, the way I've if you're so young, you don't need to go to the doctor. You know, that's that's right. what's so weird about it. You're like, I'm still young enough that I don't really feel like, uh, you know, I don't have health insurance. I got I got Medicaid because I'm laid off, you know, but I don't go to the doctor. But every like three or four years. Well, and that's and that's part of like the argument is that like uh, is that like wealthy people 
already have health insurance and then like people below uh, you know a certain tax or b- below a, a certain income level just have medicaid and like that yeah. me too and so it's, it's just like yeah like uh, like that that it does make sense with like uh, the whole like this was like a it was a petty bourgeois uh, uh, yeah. uh trick all along <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Yeah. the marxist yeah. terminology yeah exactly we like we uh it's like a scooby and the gang and they like pull up <laughs> and like I, I think i think that's like a fun theory i don't like totally totally Me. buy it but yeah. But I, but I do think yeah. that it at least like gets you thinking about. Yeah. What, what interests me is like about the post, the whole like, the concept of the post left, and I can't even say it, much less write it without quotes around it because it's such a bullshit term. Like, but like you know, like you got you got the people who said this shit, you know, like the Amy Terraces of the world who were like, well, you know, they pushed they pushed Medicare for all because these like downwardly mobile PNCs wanted these Bohemians wanted free healthcare so they could keep you know living their life, which is me, you know, like I'm like a, a bartender who works three three nights a week and like makes music the rest of the time that was me you know, i want i want that free health care or whatever but but like the thing that it pisses the rad libs off to no end that these quote post left unquote people are saying this even though it, it does have an element of truth to it it pisses them off because it like nicks away at their credibility that all they're doing is is having infinite concern for the working class or something you know that well, that's look, what yeah that, yeah i mean look uh, the, the way we we talk about it is like in my mind like this necessities that are price gouged because they're inelastic goods and you can charge whatever price and demand will stay constant, which is what yeah. Capital's done is they've overcharged the fuck out of housing, healthcare, education, the basics. So in my mind, those those are the things that need to be covered. And, uh, you know, there was this line where like Chappelle had like endorsed Yang and was like, you know, people want healthcare, but they want to pay for fucking groceries more than that. And I was like, this motherfucker. But then I thought about it. And, you know, like with what COH is saying, like, it's kind of true because this is a thing like risk assessment, right? Like healthcare is a risk assessment thing. Like you have to pay it monthly, but you're like, why the fuck do I need to pay this? I'm fine. I'd rather not pay it. I'll take my chances. Right. People have poor judgment of risk assessment. Any day you could walk around and some shit would happen to you and you're fucked forever. But that's a you're rolling the dice. So people it's hard. It's a harder thing for people. Actually, maybe maybe for you, but I'm different. I'm different. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing. Yeah, I don't have health care. I don't really need it. Yeah. yeah. No, that's the thing. Humans are naturally like I'm bad at at, at uh, probability. Just we we're, our brains are not fit to address these things. So like risk assessment of health issues and all that is it's hard for us to grasp. But like housing and the food you pay for, that shit is in your face every day. You don't need a risk assessment for that. So is, if there's tiers to uh, your basic needs uh, that you need met, uh, the the tiers that are closer to PMC tiers or, or petty bourgeois tiers or like, you know, things that uh, the middle class is concerned with too, then you're getting into healthcare where there's, there's more of an overlap as opposed to housing. They're not really concerned with that so much. That's more taboo. Yeah. But the under, like the real lower underclass is very concerned with that. And that's that's more of a third rail because it's, it's harder to touch that because it's more closer. Yeah. Capital's got like an iron grip on it. So that's that's where exactly. I'd say it's like, it's, it's just a thing of like where they can meet in the middle of. So I don't I don't know if it's such a cynical play where it was like, you know, concocted in some laboratory the way they're talking about. It. I don't know about all that. But like it, it's, it's definitely a thing where it's 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 like, you know, this is the thing. It doesn't that, have to come from a laboratory. No. Yeah. No, that's no. They're classed and they're acting in their class yeah, interests. That's, and that's all, how it's yeah. going to come across. Right. That's what I'm saying. Well, that, that's, that's what I'm saying. That's the thing. So, so that's what the post left is saying. The post left is saying that like we we got Medicare for all shoved down our throats in the Bernie campaign over all of his other policies because, you know, it would benefit these like downloaded mobile PC. PC 
PMC bohemians or whatever. But what, what fascinates me is like, and this kind of takes it out of the realm of politics and back, back into discourse is like, why are the rad libs so fucking pissed about that, that narrative? Like why, why, you know, and this, I guess I'm talking about like how the rad libs, which we always talk about, like, why are the rad libs so hung up on like their, their moral positions being like really important political positions, you know, like somebody like fucking Carl Bayer on fucking Twitter, you know, like he's just, he's like pissed as fuck that Amy Therese is pointing out that, you know, Medicare for all would like really help these downwardly mobile PNCs. He's like, they're all, they're really insanely pissed about this. And, and why is that? And I think it has something to do with the fact that like, cause they liked it. Oh, well, I think it just has to do with like, 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 like they were, they were on the Bernie program because they wanted to feel morally superior. They wanted to be sanctimonious and this like yep. pushing Medicare for all gave them that thrill, that high, that, that pedestal of being morally, you know, higher than everyone else. And so when you point, point out that this is pure self-interest, that's when they get pissed. So like what, what I'm of fascinated course. with, how, how can you, how can you create a politics that doesn't have the moralism that is just purely appealing to people's base self-interest. And it's just like, this is where I feel blackpilled because like looking at the discourse and looking at the media and looking at all the political culture in America right now, it's like, how, how can you make something that abstract? How can you, how can you put forth a political program that doesn't have like a moral support that is more of an ethical support, you know? Cause because to me, like, it needs I to be working like, class from the ground up. Yeah, ex- yeah, that's it, and and that's that's why that's the thing is like they, these PMCs, they want to be the leaders of the revolution. They want to be the you know the little petty fucking linens or whatever. Oh well, yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a top down thing as opposed to a bottom up thing, and it was yeah, like yeah. our priority number one is what the underclass's priority three or four was. And, mm-hmm. and basically saying like, oh, our priority one is mm-hmm. actually what the underclass wants. It's like you're right to a degree, but it's it's third or fourth on the list and you're you're acting like it's one because it's your number one and right. you're you're conflating what you want with what they want and all that so yeah I, I see that i see that i don't yeah again i don't i don't know how deliberate or like planned it was but like yeah i mean it's just a material interesting that's what coh said you don't need to plot it out it's just material interest yeah. that's like that's why i was surprised the, that, like, the reason why they get so worked up the reason they get so worked up now is because like not only are you is it a moralizing thing that like oh we care about the underclass blah blah, blah is that into larp as being the working class just ranking right. file like working class right. person right. and not some pmc like right. manager who's trying to manage the working class from above and so right, when you right, do right. this you're not only pointing out that their moralism is like some type of farce you're also pointing out incorrectly assigning their class and their class interests which oh, they yeah. cannot have yeah oh, yeah abide by that's what they kind of vibe like because everybody has to larp is fucking working class now and it's just like i don't understand it it's just crazy it's like oh, yeah. that's because i fucked up <laughs> i'm not you know like i could be a pmc i i have the wherewithal to do that grind you know like i was gonna go into fucking academia for a while and fuck those people i was gonna go into like the art world for a while yeah fuck those people so now i'm just like a bartender bohemian and i'm, I'm happy with that and i think that's just like that's kind of what breaks people's brains is like people who are happy with making less than 50 grand a year you know like i think that's like that, that they just can't process that they can't process the fact that you're not to climb this ladder so like everything always seems to come back to like like the neo psycho neoliberal psychopolitics of of infinitely policing the self to be better infinitely optimizing the self as opposed to just like working with what you have and this is this is what constantly fascinates me in political discourse is how how do you counter that 
is it even possible? Like, is it too late? Have we, are we stuck in the event horizon of neoliberal psychopolitics and we'll never escape? Like, are we just going to have to like work with, work with this, this like political climate of, of infinitely driving and infinitely being, you know, climbing something. And this, this comes into the DSA and it's like, in a nutshell, my DSA experience was being super excited to be a part of the DSA, going to the meetings and realizing that everybody there was like an academic or some kind of PMC type. And they were, they, you know, they were, and I was literally the only fucking motherfucker wearing like a camo hat and like some shitty shorts at the fucking, you know, meetings. And I, I was like, I'm expecting other people there to sort of be working class. And eventually, you know, I found them. But, but the thing was like, they, they, they had no interest in like every interaction I've had with the DSA made me feel like people were involved in the DSA because it was a catapult that would put them somewhere else. Yeah. 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 Never felt like I've never felt like in any of my DSA engagements with people, except for minus like two or three people that they were genuinely concerned with the materialist, like political projects that would directly help the working class that we've been talking about. Like everybody is there for some other shady ass fucking reason that you can't quite put your finger on. Yeah, I mean, and I've then never... there's some poor working class fuckers that are there because it's the only like visible option as far as quote unquote right. working class interests. And then they right. go and then they find they don't even have a voice there. And so, like mm-hmm. you said, they're on this outskirts and they aren't even able to shift any discourse at all. Right. Yeah. 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 And yeah. it's like, like I was in the, the uh, you know, I'm a service worker, I'm a bartender. So like I went to the DSA and like the first few meetings, I'm like, let's talk about ideology. Like what, what, what are we doing here? We're doing socialism. What does socialism mean? And everyone was basically like, well, we've already decided what, what socialism is, is you hate racism and you want to work, you want to help the working class and, and you have to use the right pronouns and you can't say retard. And you also can't say these other words. And I'm like, is that what we're doing here? Like, you know, it, it was, it was a, it, the, the first year of DSA and I'm one of those motherfuckers who jumped on the bandwagon, like right after Trump got elected. I, I, I'm ashamed to say now, but I did. I like, later I signed up and I went, you know, and found out there was a chapter happening and got involved. And everybody there was just like virtue signaling, you know, like they didn't want to talk about socialist politics. They wanted to just, just be there to, to like show that they were there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah, the, all the left's appeal is, is a virtue signal thing. Even Bernie's campaign slogan, I've said it before, of like the whole fight for somebody else, like I'd fight for myself. Like it's a moralistic appeal as opposed to a survivalist appeal, which if you want yes. to get the underclass, you need a survival appeal of like, yo, I need to fucking survive. I'm not trying, I'm not worried about being good to somebody else. I'm worried about surviving. And that's that's the thing that, you know, that's why moralism uh, rings deaf on them. And that's why, again, the elephant in the room that I, I still have never heard anybody reconcile with is that the underclass doesn't fuck with the left. So no. nobody can answer that. Nobody in the world has an answer for no. that. And I keep asking it and I, I, haven't, I haven't heard shit about it because there is no answer for it. And, and because they're I think again, it's more the more that the left doesn't fuck with the working class. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Either way. Either way. Just the point being is I like think it goes both ways. I think yeah, it goes both, both ways. Way, yeah. Sure. Either way. It's like they're they're two different groups with different interests. And the way you describe the DSA, like I've never been to the DSA. There were a couple of times where I was thinking about going, and I just heard bad shit about it, and I was just like, I don't want to go there and be analyzed like a fucking alien about my race. <laughs> and be like, you know, it was dead ass. That's what I was worried about. I was gonna walk in. You're a black dude, which I assume you are. They would just put your ass in leadership the day on day one. You oh, just progressive you, stack or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. No, no. Like, I mean, that, that's the some thing. Some of that like, actually, some CRK thought. Well, I'm, bla- yeah. I'm 
Blasian, I'm Blasian, so I'm like, I've got like an eclectic mix or whatever. And like, you know, in the South, I've gotten like at rest stops or whatever, I get stared at like crazy. I, I, I look like a fucking alien to these people. And like, you know, th- I didn't want that feeling at DSA too, even if though it's supposed to be a positive version of that. I don't want to feel like a fucking alien. I want to feel like a fucking human being. I don't want to go in there and be like observed and like, you know, I, I that whole vibe that I was getting with what I was hearing made me not go in. Like all the times I thought I should fucking go in there, it kept me from going. And the real tipping point was like that national DSA convention with the sensory oh, overload yeah. thing. The that incident, yeah, that was like I was like, oh, yeah, I'm never going to one of these things. I'm never going to one of these things. No. And I I just hear all this shit where it's just like, yeah, the virtue signaling thing, and like you know, my brother who's in it, like a lot of people were in it for like a lot of meetings and it's admin stuff. It's stuff that you could possibly finesse to another job somewhere else. And you know, obviously, Amy's yeah. talked about this a lot. How the DSA is sort of an extension. Of of the DNC in a, in a way in a lot of ways and, 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 and it's, more more so the yeah. D, the NGO complex yeah like, yeah exactly like DSA is DSA is way more uh, direct to NGO management than it is to the DNC I think. right it's, I mean, I'm, I'm only speaking to like my local which is like New Orleans you know so it's kind of smaller or whatever I'm right. sure Brooklyn is straight into the DNC but here it's like. <laughs> Straight into the fucking NGO. It's like, okay, so this one person, this one person that, okay, like I, I didn't really have much involvement with the DSA for a few years because like I said, it turned me off completely. Like they would invite me to meetings. And I'd go to like a couple of meetings off and on and just be like, fuck people, you know, like I'll, I'll come back when you guys grow up is the way I thought of it. Like when you guys get over talking about t-shirt designs and fucking branding and you, talk about, <laughs> you know, like what you're actually going to do for people. Like I'll come back when you figure this shit out because I'm not going to come and educate you for fucking free. So like I would go to the meeting and I'd be like, whatever, three months would go by. So then long story short, I got back into DSA when during the Bernie campaign. And you know, the, the local DSA had had a you know DSA for Bernie thing. And so they would have these things like, if you want to canvas for Bernie, come and we'll train you and we'll give you resources and stuff. And we went, and of course it was bullshit. It was just more like make work. You could have learned it all online. You could have like gone to the website. <laughs> I've always thought of DSA is like Sopranos make work jobs. I, I swear to God, yeah, that's how I've always yeah. like thought of it in my head. Like that's it. But long story short, so there's this one chick who was like in some leadership position and she seemed cool because she was like, you know, you know how when you walk into a room with a bunch of people and there's always like the smartest person in the room, you can sense them immediately. This was her. And um, and so she's like, this is what we're doing. This is a Bernie for DSA thing. But like this is a whole other thing. And it was like kind of shady how they didn't want to like fully throw their support behind Bernie, but they wanted to like use Bernie for the DSA, which was obvious from the get go. They were just kind of using the Bernie Bernie campaign for the DSA brand or whatever. And everyone just sort of brushed that off. But but anyway, really interesting. So this, interesting. Yeah. So so this chick was like running it, and then and then long story short, like we end up hanging out, and she comes to my house for some phone banks and stuff, and and it and there was this okay, so there was this restaurant in New Orleans. There's like this wine bar restaurant that's wildly popular, and and employs like you know like fifty people or something, and it's like super busy all the time. Long story short, she worked there, and she and her this like this bro, this like brochalist that she was dating at the time tried to, tried to fucking like unionize this restaurant and it was the talk of the town because everybody was like you can't unionize that restaurant because everybody works there for three months and quit it's one of those restaurants where you go you work for three to six months and you quit and you move on to a better job so it's like it's idiocy to try to fucking unionize this place and everybody knew it i worked there i worked there for like two summers you know when i had a better job so right we're, everybody everybody's hearing about this unionization drive at this restaurant and we're all laughing at it and it turns out that her she was the one who led it 
And so she starts opening up and telling me the story about the unionization drive. And she's like, yeah, I was working at the restaurant and we, we decided to unionize it. And of course, she is the victim. You know, like like it wasn't like their unionization drive fucked up because it was unnecessary and it just didn't need to happen. They were the... <laughs> They were the victims of the bosses and all this shit. And he kept saying, like, I'm just I was so depressed when I was there. The only thing that made it worth being there was the unionization drive. And when that failed, I just threw myself into DSA. And and big surprise, that turned into a nice NGO job with this like environmental nonprofit, which is the, like the environmental <laughs> all over the place down here. You know, this fucking cancer alley, you know, like, you know, 50 miles away is like cancer alley in, in Louisiana. So that was when I was just like. And I got, I, I was feeling this before I even heard the whole like, you know, post left narrative of the, the, the PMC, you know, run DSA. So it's like, I got that shit for real. Like it's real. Like the DSA is basically that it's people who think they're too good to work the shit jobs of the working class that they're advocating for. So they get involved in the right. DSA so that they can right. then, you know, go forward. And I mean, we all know this and I kind of went on this rant to just sort of push it, push it home because that is a real fucking problem. You yep. know? And, but maybe, that, maybe that's what democratic socialism is. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I think, I think, um, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's another thing I was thinking about with the DSA is the whole unionizing thing. And, you know, obviously not, I I don't, it's not a popular opinion, but I just feel like unionizing and labor in general is already dead or not already dead, but so you might as well consider it dead. You know, if you really want to keep up and have, have a a strategic plan against capital for the next decade going forward, you better just consider it dead already because it's already fucking Yeah. As far as automation and outsourcing all that. But yeah, it's just the day if your plan is just unions in the first place and you're like, that's your end goal is like get everyone unionized. You're not doing anything to challenge the mode of production at all you're like, just yeah, simply yeah, working yeah. out a better like a better yeah. deal for the underclass for like a little right. bit longer so the capitalists can keep fucking them over right yeah. exactly because yeah, yeah. again unions back in the 80s like in the end or just in any time where there was a heyday of unions it was just a cope it was just a way of like keeping the workers from being completely fucked in the ass that's all it really was and that's why the union bosses yeah. were fucking dickheads and they had their own self-interest it was like it was just a way to like fucking survive and make it like less fucking miserable so you know it, it was never uh the fact that it's glamorized now and glorious thing is fucking weird to me it's fucking Insane. bizarre it's to me like well, i, I mean unions uh, unions and organized labor like have had like like a helpful role and everything i just it's like one one thing that people need to wake the fuck up from is this idea that like organized labor isn't just just like a horrible fucking shadow of what it act- like organized labor is just a fucking crapshoot now yeah, right? yeah it, it, exactly. it, it, it totally fucking is like the unions i mean just look at like all the bullshit with like union leadership even during sam Sanders, who would like was supposed to be like you know right 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 shoe right, right. labor guy it's like no these these institutions are fucked these yeah these institutions are fucked dude and like yep. it's been like that for a long time yep yep, yep. that's yeah. uh, unions, i think unions are just like one of the left's mini fetishes yeah exactly. exactly yeah it's a sacred cow exactly. yeah, that's it it's like and it, like literally if, if you say anything that's even close to critical about unions to these union motherfuckers they lose their shit they are just it's almost like you just you know uh it, it, they just they can't handle it yeah it's i'm fucking, it's like leftist uh, pro pro uh, professional sports teams. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I'm for unions. I'm, I'm whatever you know helps unions. I'm down for. But again, it's just like to me, it's a cope, and it's not the real thing. It's not the, it's not a real solution. And you know, I'm not gonna pretend like this cope is the end all be all, and that this this uh, right, harm right. reduction is the end all be all. I'm not gonna do that. And that's the thing with right. the left. Yeah, the fetishization is a big thing. What you're talking about, gay stuff. That is like the the the, the yeah. fetishization is like everywhere, and especially in the DSC. It's just yeah. like you know, I, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, it's gonna be uh, obsolete. <laughs> Very soon. And like, it's funny, like Brace Belden and like, the, you know, with the fucking unionizing anchor steam, like, you know, you know, it's funny, like what you were bringing up, what, what they were talking about and what's left with the, you know, healthcare being like a PMC thing because it actually applies. It's a first priority for them. The unionization yeah. thing, like, you know, as you're, you're in gig economy and everything's fractured and atomized and outsourced and fucking mm-hmm. trade automated, like there's no jobs to unionize. There's right. no fucking jobs yeah. to unionize around. Like this not, doesn't even exist, which is always a big reason why I find a, a big issue ahead. But that's another thing where you start to wonder, like, wait a minute, is that why these Radlibs care about it? Because it's still in their world and they can touch it. And that's why they're like, this this matters, this matters. And they LARP as underclass because it's like, this is some shit I can do at my job that's like, a, you know, a media job. Radical. For Gawker it's or, radical. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I work for some obscure media company that's super like fucking boutique or some boutique ass, uh, you know, anchor steam like beer company or whatever and like we need to unionize and you're like you're pretending like you're some fucking like you know bolshevik motherfucker like you know what i mean like you're just larping that shit it's just like a worker yeah yeah people who are making like 60 grand a year like building sets for fucking hollywood movies here are treating it like treating their unions like they're on the fuck like building the railroads or something you know like (laughs) like romanticize they romanticize their fucking union to the point where they think that they're like on the radical edge of communism or something it's they're all get, fucking yeah, like yeah. anarchoids and they're like you can't yeah. ever like i've had conversations with so many of these fucking people because new orleans is just like overrun with these anarchoid motherfuckers because it's like warm down here or something you know so like so like you talk you talk to them and you're like why are you making labor unionizing your political horizon like why right, is right, that exactly, your exactly. political horizon and exactly. the reason why is because they're in a fucking union and they get those protections right exactly. they get those benefits and they're like and legit legit they're like i want everybody to have what i have and i'm like but that's never gonna happen you can't unionize day laborers like you can't unionize sanitation workers who they're like you know down here at least it's probably not the same in new york but like down here there's like five different sanitation companies and they're all kind of small they got like a hundred fucking employees and like there's all summer there's been this unionization drive for these like hoppers like the dudes who hop on and off the trucks to like dump the trash into the fucking trash and trash trucks like they've been unionizing and it was kind of gross to watch how all these like anarchoid action activist actionist types just like glommed onto that movement like it was just like the fucking revolution because it was like the poorest of the poor black dudes they could they could virtually signal by like look hey i'm like spending my time making breakfast for these fucking super poor (laughs) black fucking trash dudes you know and it's gross it's so disgusting to me to watch this i'm like you're making your political horizon like spending all your time or as you know as much of your time as you can you know virtue signaling by helping these people out and the motherfuckers like they they put up a gofundme i got 250 grand within a month you know so they're doing okay oh yeah yo yeah yeah you know so the, the people who are going to unionize with the, the biggest visibility with the right identities 
like the poor black dudes who are fucking picking up trash are going to be the ones who get the 250 grand in their fucking GoFundMes 30 days after they go on strike. But like the people who work at Rally Burger, and there's way more of them, they ain't got shit because nobody's looking out for them, you know? And, and like, this is just what, this is what's so disgusting to me about like these leftoids is like, they can't, they can't just look at a broader picture. They can't see the fucking forest for the trees. They're like, Whoa. well, the people at rallies also probably signed a anti-unionization like contract and they're hiring paperwork. I would imagine right. as well as like, cause every yeah. fast food restaurant or like chain, uh, casual dining restaurant I've worked at, which has been several, they've all made me sign like anti-unionization, uh, anti-litigation like type shit up oh, front yeah. where like, if you wanted to do something, you have to mitigate it within a mediator within a company. Oh yeah. Not right. something that you could actually so, like. So the do. only recourse, so the only recourse is to make your like political goals larger than lovers. Absolutely. You know, but these people refuse to do that because that means broadening their mind. It means like it means like making a critique of not just capitalism but their own position within it in a labor union and the protections get oh you know, it means looking at any politics shit that they don't want to look at you know yeah, it's just like yeah. yeah my brother is in the dsa and he's you know he's he's like a prominent guy in, in the whole thing he's very involved in like you know they do these things where it's like break like checks for undocumented yeah. immigrants you know where it's like that came from, so that came from new orleans this, oh, this chick the, the only really? The only cool chick that I met at the DSA here is the one who instituted that program. And I did a few of them. They were, they're cool. It's a cool deal. Yeah, but I'm sorry. I interrupted. Go ahead. No, I'm, no. Look, I mean, these things are good. And, and whatever you can do is good. Like, it's not like it's not good. I'm just saying, like, the horizon things are so limited. And it's like you're putting a Band-Aid on a bullet wound. Like, if you really want to do some shit, you cannot, you cannot act like it's the end-all be-all. And, you know, when you say these things, like the break light checks for undocumented immigrants so they don't get stopped by the police or whatever, like... And the mutual aid shit, you know, it, it just sounds like charity shit. Like when people do charity, like, oh, well, we don't need, a, a, you know, these universal economic programs because, you know, people can just donate to charities. Like charity doesn't do shit. Like charity is very, it's this individualizing capitalist shit where it's like, all right, well, I'm doing good. So I'm going to give this little bit here. There's no, there's nothing collective about it. You know, it's, it's, it's a very narrow thing. And it's very like, well, I did my part. I dropped off this money. So I'm good now. My soul's clean. It's like, no, no, this is not the point. We need something like structural for the long term. Like it, it, this, this little tidbit shit you do is not you can do it. You can do it. I'm not saying you shouldn't do it. I'm just saying, like, don't act like this is it. And like, you know, this yeah. this romanticizing of this shit and like this like this period a century ago when there was like everything was industrial, whatever. Like it's just it's just so much denial and cope. It's like, yo, it's dead already. It's dead. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the underclass right, right. is going to like some half Uber job. They got three different companies slapped on their car for Lyft, Uber, and whatever the fuck. Like you, you can't, you can't organize, you can't, you can't uh, unionize that. You can't do that. It's it's yeah, dead. It's They're not in fucking factories anymore. The jobs are in fucking Southeast Asia. What are you talking yeah. about? You right. gotta, you gotta get out of that shit. And you know the romanticizing thing is like, oh, it's you know, you know the re theory of like the Bolsheviks and like this Russian Revolution. Like they, they really have like this emotional investment. And it's the sickest thing. It's like, yo, get your fucking head out of your ass. Get your fucking head out of the books. This is real shit. This is like real. It's going yeah. on right now. People's lives are fucked up. So I just don't get yeah. that whole like. It's very perverted to me. It's very weird. It's like. Well, I think yeah, there's exactly. use in reading theory only as far as like how it actually applies to your material circumstances. Like for instance, like through reading theory, you can like have a good, pretty thorough understanding of like what the purpose of the DSA is overall, like how they are essentially a vacuum that's used by the bourgeois to suck up any working class energy and just yeah. cycle it back into reformism and stuff that's not actually going to change anything and halt on being revolutionary when the moment calls for it. And right. it's stuff like that, like that where you don't have to like, you wouldn't have 
have to go out and get the lived experience of going to DSA or whatnot to figure it out. Or like it couldn't, it's not like, oh, well, is this an intentional thing or is this just like kind of because it's PMC? It's like, well, these are bourgeois people that are leading it and that's just how their class, they act in their class interest. And it's like that regard, theory is helpful to read because it helps you to contextualize what's happening in your day to day life. Uh, but trying to like cling to theory when sometimes it's no longer materially uh, even consequential or accurate uh, is it's obviously bad. Like sclerosis in theory is a huge uh, danger to any type of political movement. Yeah. I, I used to, when I was younger, I used to read theory because I thought it would have, it would lead to praxis, you know, like that was the shit like, oh, you read, you know, you read Zizek or you read Baudrillard or something because you think it's going to help you have a better political uh, praxis. You know, you're going to, you're going to come up with better ways to make things better for people by reading the theory. But over the years, I finally realized like only all, the only thing that theory does is help you contextualize reality. You know what I mean? Exactly. Everything. Like, yeah, you, like reading like Baudrillard or Zizek or I don't know, Kristeva or some shit like that. Like all it does is just help you understand like where your place in the world is. And that's, and, you know, it's kind of like pre-political, even if it's like overtly political theory. Does that make sense? You know, it just helps you like, just makes you smarter. It just keeps you sharp. And that way you yeah, can- Yeah, like, it just helps for- it helps to provide like a good solid framework for what you already are thinking and understanding just through living as an underclass person, but it helps to provide a solid framework so you can help relate every single specific instance back to the general like whole to understand what's happening around you, what are the forces at play and how it's all connected rather than just viewing every single instance as an isolated incident, having to work from there to figure it out. You already kind of help helps give you a field guide or something to kind of look at from there. And that's like where like if they don't have liberals have a theory right they have like usually postmodernist theory and that type of like some stuff that's like intersectionality theory and stuff that is not actually going to be helpful when looking at relating the specific instance back to the general system or the general whole every time and it looks at everything just on individual level and not in a holistic way that can actually say hey this is why this is happening on and this is like what these forces are that are driving it and this is what is relating it into your actual life versus like saying oh well this is something that we don't really know we should just take a second and examine this and figure it out really like and focus on like racism forever and ever rather than realizing that it is something that comes up due to differences in uh you know modes of capitalist exploitation and that type of thing so pull in providing a framework yeah i mean, yeah. I, mean yeah. I, don't think, I don't think the point is like you know whether theory is good or bad i just wonder like why how come nobody this is the thing i was asking my brothers like how come nobody questions these things how come nobody says why don't we think about new strategies things aren't working because like because rhetorically because rhetorically for so many people it just exists as like just like a little like badge of authenticity to be like yes, all right exactly. now like now we're not gonna like of course like like all all written material is beyond reproach like i'm just going to cite this so that like i've done the work to a greater degree than you which i guess like to be fair yeah. is like, kind of true and then just be like you know i'm not gonna follow this up at all I'm, exactly and even like bonus points again for like you know, being the person in the room who's, you know, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just defending the intellectual legacy of this work. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, no, exactly. Exactly. All I'm saying is, this is all I was asking my brother was like, why don't we at least think about new strategies? Why don't we at least think about things outside of organizing outside of labor for people that are, you know, needs the neat population, the people that don't have any education, any job prospects at all are a fucking huge new portion. And they're going to the right. So, you know what I mean? Why yeah. Why is there any talk about that at all? And he'd just be like, well, you know, there's a history of catching the unemployed 
people and like building a coalition with them within labor. I'm like, yeah, yeah. But that was at a time when the fully employed was a bigger proportion and the unemployed was a smaller proportion. So getting them to have mutual interest was a little bit more, you know, you could finesse that a little bit more. Now you can't, you know what I mean? Now everybody's part-time separated, atomized, like you can't do that. So, or people just don't have any work at all. So why isn't there at least, at least, why aren't there people talking about it? That's all I'm asking. I'm not saying, saying why the fuck aren't people even talking about it? I don't hear anybody talking about it. Like, you know, you say automation is like way down the line. It's not going to happen. Like, why isn't anybody at least thinking about it? At least yeah, exactly. that. Because Andrew, the left is eating shit. All I'm saying is all the theory like, brings up more questions than anything. And like, that's, uh, that's the problem is that most people don't have that that uh, response. And most people are afraid to question it because then you're a revisionist or you're whatever the fuck yeah, reactionary. Yeah, whatever the you know? fuck. Yeah, whatever, whatever the fuck these nerds say. I don't give a fuck what these nerds think about that shit. This revisionist bullshit. I don't give a fuck about that shit. <laughs> the fact is, like, the fact is your shit is not working. Your shit is not fucking working. It's not clicking with the underclass. It's eating shit every election cycle is eating shit all the time so you know what i mean if if there's all this failure normally a sane person after all that failure starts to wonder damn maybe i should change something damn maybe i should think about this a little bit differently where is that i don't see that i don't see that well, on the think, left and that's I why i gave up on the left i think the reason why that isn't happening on the left is like now more than ever it's like hip as shit to be on the left like motherfuckers that would never yeah. ever call themselves a communist like 15 years ago are calling themselves communists now and they're getting bernie jobs. did that yeah bernie did that and like it, but you know i don't even know if it was just bernie it was like it was happening before bernie it was just like and this is this like this whole, this is like deserves another episode and i'm writing this thing about like anarchism dovetailing with neoliberalism it's like 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 now now it's like you're only legit in the neoliberal world of striving professionally yourself if you're some kind of radical you know you have to be a radical and uh, and i think the reason why you're saying like why why doesn't like why don't new strategies and new approaches and new theories arise it's because of the logic of of branding which you know falls right into like Right. Like neoliberal type of politics like you're a socialist you know you're you're a socialist or you're a communist or something like that and you can't you can't break out of these like historical shackles that you're in you have to talk about the fucking Kronstadt rebellion you have to talk about like all these historical precedents <laughs> you know like, like that's what that's everything you are that's everything you are. It's like everything is in the past. Nothing is in the fucking future. It's a complete failure of imagination and vision for a future that is not as shitty as what we have now. And I mean, this is this is like the Mark Fisher shit. You know, like this is everybody knows this. Like we, we can't formulate a vision for the future because everybody is just like so simultaneously like caught in the past and yet unable to conceptualize like how we got to where we are. You know what I'm saying? So, like, it, like but it, that's what it is. It's like branding. Like, it's personal branding. Like, who are you? Oh, I'm the DSA guy. You know, right. you're you're not you're not a discrete individual that is separate from all of this branding shit. You have to be. This no, you're thing. right. You're right. You're right. Branding. It's like, it's like, yeah, it's like, it's, it's, again, no, go ahead, go ahead. It's like futurism. It's like anti-futurism, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, <laughs> like whatever the opposite of all those like old propaganda posters of like, so, like, you know, cosmonauts or like, right. you know, or like, or like NASA, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Just like, this is the opposite. It's yeah, it's, it's fucking every kids movie franchise being like fucking post-apocalyptic and like everything's right. like the walking dead and everything's horrible horrifying right yeah it's like, it's like that bullshit frederick jameson thing that we've all internalized you know it's easy to imagine the end of the world than it is to imagine a better world than we have now and then mm -hmm. like that like but you know my question is like what what combats that you know what what can you 
do to combat that? And th- th- and this is also like the scary part of the left with quotes around it is that that's what they're doing. And it's fucking horrific and ugly to everybody. You know, like their vision of the future is like some we work fucking polycule where you don't have a family. <laughs> and you're like, yep. no, you're like, you're fucking people because they they want to fuck you and you don't want to fuck them or what like what is that shit on twitter today did you see that shit where like this chick was like why don't we have mutual aid for sex where you just have sex with people that you're not attracted to because you want to be a good comrade oh my god what in the fuck it's horrible shit like that like that's the only vision of the future vision I mean, of the it's future. Just like when you go so when you go so woke that you're just like literally an incel now yeah literally <laughs> Right. Yeah, advocating for like sex farms. Like, what the fuck? I mean, the, the future is in cell, you know, like they've just been like, just, like every everything in our culture has been destroying sex. It's destroying the mystery behind sex. Like that's the whole like consent bullshit the anarchists have been doing for the past 10 years. It's like you have to literally ask- like literally all this shit and all this bullshit from the left. is just like the 60s, like boomers yeah. ruined it in the 60s and they made everything like the counterculture, you know, became <laughs> such an easily commodifiable piece of shit thing became yeah. like synonymous with the left, all, all that shit. It's just like, fuck the 60s, fuck everything about the 60s the, the worst thing about the 60s i don't i don't look at it as a continuation like okay like do you have these like fucking radical blue-haired lesbians who are like abolish the family or like like what what is this thing like just like have women are just like i don't know wombs for kids or you know whatever the fuck they're talking about it's just so so crazy like i don't think that is a continuation of the 60s it's a it's a revolt against it like the only way that they can like they're rebelling against the sexual revolution by trying to be even more quote radical unquote you know what i mean like i hear you i mean maybe i think like i think that like that's like the outcome of the sexual revolution in a lot of ways and like and making like like the the one-upsmanship like the being more and more garish and extreme as like a goal unto itself like i think that it's all i don't think that any of it can be separated to be honest no, I just, I just want to, I kind of want to push back about against the whole idea of like this, the new left sort of cultural shit about like abolish the family, everybody needs to be queer or whatever. Like that, that is like, that is pushback. That is like a fake fuck you dad rebellion. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's still tied in. It's of course it's related. It's just reactive oh, yeah. again. It's, oh, yeah. it's, not, it's not an expansion of it. Yeah, yeah. I, I think your point about the branding thing is a big thing because like the whole like Orthodox Marx shit or like the whole union shit and like the whole uh, woke SJW shit is it's all it's all a branding thing. It's all like quick, easy signal the fires that are more to show that you're to actually do anything it's more just to show mm-hmm. like it's more of a consumer choice or whatever and yeah. um yeah you know uh, it feels like a lot of the times that a lot of this shit is a fuck you dad thing where mm-hmm. it, it just seems like that to me a lot where it's like a lot of these big uh you know media people on the left are just like nepotism cases you know they're children's of like you know mad inheritance money and you know of people of, of their parents being deep in academia and uh, media in the media world like media media industries like they're just deep in that shit and they're basically just like the, you know their parents are libs they're just part of, they benefited from the system so they're just straight libs and this yeah. is their way of just like aesthetically rebelling and being like no fuck you like i'm actually you know for this but you know it's just like a being slightly further uh more concerned about the things that they're concerned about and that's pretty much it nothing really that's to do with this shit. Thing. yeah it's nothing to do with anything about the world around you and nothing to do with power nothing to do with the resources it's just like i'm rebelling against these libs and that's why the thing was like when i say i hate libs or when most of the world says they hate white liberals <laughs> 
and they yeah. do. Yeah. yeah, most of the world hates white liberal people. When 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 people say that, they usually mean it. But these people, yeah. because they're children of these people, they can't really mean it. They say it, you know, they say, oh, these fucking liberals, oh, they say that, but they can't really hate them genuinely, like most of the world yeah. does, because they're from that world. So when they when they do this whole rebellion thing, at the end of the day, when it comes down to like voting, that's why they're all moving back to the center, because at the end of the day, they have their fit of rebellion. But when things come down to it, they fall back in line to what uh, their parents want or what the system wants, yeah. which yeah. is back to regular neoliberal neocon bullshit because that's what they're from that's where they're raised in and that's what fed them and clothed them so they're gonna go back to that because that's all they know but that's why that's why it's a purely aesthetic thing because it's like yo if you really hate them if you really hate them there's no fucking way in the world you would ever fucking vote democrat repeat their talking points none of that you'd probably vote trump you would probably fucking vote trump just to spite them you probably would (laughs) i mean like remember remember early in the trump when trump won and everybody's like right wing is a new punk rock they were right (laughs) you know what everybody's laughing at that shit but it's true like that's like that's the only way to be subversive and it's like it's these so these kids who are like these blue hairs you know sjw's whatever the fuck who are like rebelling against their boomer parents or whatever or their gen x parents who are basically the same like they can't they can't just put them behind them they can't just ignore them they can't just like ignore the old world and conceptualize and visualize a new one they have to they have to constantly be reacting and that's what i can't understand is like why why they're just like they're not willing to conceptualize a new world that that has nothing to do with the strictures of the old one and that that's why you have like you know like uh feminism turned into 43 genders you know like gay rights turned into like you know everybody's not binary or or something you know like they they can't just like they can't look at a new world that has material material goodness for everyone where everybody is is safe and happy that's not good enough for them everybody has to be constantly provoked it's a provocation you know because like abolish the family is what is that but there's nothing but a provocation you know there's, there's no substance there it's it's literally just yeah yeah yeah, a, yeah 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 it's, it's that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like, you know, these things that are based in tradition because of whatever the fuck, like you just you're just trying to buck tradition. But, you know, tradition you know I was already going out the window because of wealth consolidation as you get wealth and wealthier away with uh, tradition naturally because you don't need it anymore. Traditions for uh, the, the, the tribes and the poor. That's what that's who needs it. Right. If you're rich, you don't need tradition anymore. So it's like, you know, what I mean, you get richer and richer yeah. and you naturally evolve beyond it. So then you think of it as a subversive thing. But really, you're not subversive because you're just doing what rich people do. And there's nothing yeah. subversive about what rich people do. There's nothing fucking subversive about that. And that's what they no. can't get their heads around. Me and Slav talk about this shit all the time. It's like this idea of transgression or subversion is like mm-hmm. they got that shit mixed up. And yeah, again, yeah, I mean, it's what you were saying. It's like, you know, that's why the right gets to claim subversion by just being fucking normal. Being, being like a fucking exactly. normie yeah. is fucking subversive. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's why you have this, like, trad, trad, trad calf shit. You know, people are like, yeah, exactly. Dude, the, only can, the only way I can buck the system is by getting married and having kids. Exactly, that's exactly. Fucked. It's fucked. Fucked. So weird. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, it's, it's, it's bizarre. I mean, yeah. But uh, yeah, we definitely, we got a good chunk. We hit three and a half hour. We hit a good fucking chunk of stuff. I think we hit everything. Um, Basically, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We hit we hit all the good shit. Definitely got awesome. it. Yeah, right. Yo, you, yeah, you were like a content mind, man. Like, really appreciate it. You like, yeah. Thank you, man. Appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, that was I'm great shit. I'm glad you guys were my first podcast appearance because you guys were definitely welcoming and very approachable. Definitely. I feel definitely. like I wasn't entertaining enough. I feel like I didn't live up to my online brand. 
<laughs> no, this is good. This is good for analysis. No, I mean, you know, we got to, there's real shit to talk about. I mean, shit is crazy right now. We have to talk about real shit. Yeah. I mean, this is no. what it is. But, um, yeah. but yeah, thanks again, man. Really appreciate it. No problem, man. Thanks for having me on. You want to, you want to plug anything or, um, just drop your, you know, so I can stitch it in. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's at gay stepdad 69 on Twitter. Um, I got some <laughs> writing projects that I'm working on. Uh, I'm not going to like drop my music shit because that's gross. I'll do that separately, but that's it. <laughs> is there uh, somewhere that you have your writing projects published? You know, I'm working on them. I'm like a huge self-critic. I work on shit for like months instead of weeks. So I will let Dude. you know. You'll be the first one to know. Hey, word. Nice. nice. All right. All right, man. Thanks. All right, good night, y'all. Have a good night, man. Thanks for having me. Yep. Catch you guys later. Peace.